Are you ready? Are you ready? I guess so. Let's get it on. Are you ready? Welcome to the inaugural podcast for the 2021 Gaikon Fantasy League. Um, thanks for having us. Uh, you're joined this evening by myself and Fab. We've got Rye Fab right to Fab. my left and DFab to my right. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, gentlemen. And uh, Mama Kearns. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and Mama Kearns. Yeah, good call. Shout good out call. to Leanne Kearns. All right, so tonight's podcast is going to be a very quick, very brief one. We're going to give you a snapshot of the season so far. We're going to go into power rankings for the rest of the season, who we're rating, who we're not. Um, who's going to bounce back, and who do we most like for the championship? That's going to be an interesting one. We're going to go some NBA-style awards as well. We're going to hit with the Rookie of the Year, so who's outplayed their um, average draft position the most as a young player. We'll go the Drew Holiday Consistency Award as well and the Fantasy MVP today, followed by one hot take from each of the Fabs to conclude us. Without further ado, gents, let's get stuck into it. D-Fab, who we got at number 14? Look, we've got... I don't think it's any surprise to anyone after watching the man draft, uh, following the ADP as best he could. We've got uh, Rob Dog, Admiral Dakbar. Yeah, in, uh, if it isn't Bobbitt himself. Bobbitt himself Bobbitt sitting in the 14 spot. But you know what? I, I feel like he's he's had a bit of a, a rough start. So taking a peek, he's got only one top 30 player. Who's uh, in DeAndre uh, Swift. DeAndre Swift. Hey, look, so let's just put it out there. He went an RB late strategy and drafted... J.K. Dobbins as his other. Yeah, he got he stiffed a little bit. With an ACL injury. F in the chat. So yeah, big, F. big old big old rife in the chat. In the chat. Um, but <laughs> from there, he made a trade with Al that was looked across the league as the biggest poopy trade of all time. So we've got it was a, it was a dog water trade. Who was dog water? To his credit, he's done all right because DeAndre Swift is getting some absolute absurd numbers he's in terms of share and absolutely romping people at the minute. So if we look at his team top to bottom, yeah, who we got from QB? We got his uh, QB Matt Ryan, who like let's be honest, he is he's past. He's, in he's his, done. Yeah, no, he's past. He's in his mid thirties, but he might as well live in a retirement home. Uh, he's got DeAndre Swift, uh, Daryl Henderson, Daryl Anderson. Um, Amari Cooper, Chase Claypool, Hunter Henry, and Kareem Hunt. And on the bench, he's got uh, Kenyon Drake, Tyrell Williams, Kenny Galladay, and Michael Gallagher. So I might cut you off there, Fab, and I'll ask you, what's your overall – like, what's your take on his team? Is there much to be is there much to be positive about, or are we in a bit of strife here if we're well, it's, it's one of those teams that, on its day, could beat anyone. Because every single person that you rate up and down has boom potential. So – you got Cooper for Dallas, put a 30 burger up week one. Chase Cable capable of catching multiple touchdowns. So all in all, it's look, it's not a great team, but it has that boom potential. And I'm, when I verse it, I'll be worried the whole uh, way leading up to it. Yeah, the only thing that, I, that kind of concerns me, just outside of this top 30 is Kareem Hunt sitting there. I think his ceiling is absolutely through the fucking roof. Like He's a really good fantasy player. It's just that week-to-week consistency that I think that Admiral Dakbar is going to struggle with. And with that being said, we'll move on to number 13 of this list. And it's it's a bit tough for tough tutties, isn't it, DFAB? Look, I honestly thought he'd be 14. If I'm if I'm if I'm uh, if I'm being 100 percent honest, I thought he'd be last. Yeah, I think I think Ty's been a little bit unlucky, to be fair. Um, yeah, I think Jonathan Taylor hasn't lived up to the hype. The offensive line's decimated. 
DeAndre Hopkins and Julio Jones would have been probably your ideal fantasy wide receivers in 2017. Um, <laughs> Mark day. Andrews hasn't really lived up until his 2019 hype. If you're throwing AJ Dillon out there as a starting running back, you deserve to be bottom of the table. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's almost no, as if... <clears throat> it's almost as if Ty knew that he wasn't going to be good off the cuff. You know, I think if you're drafting... A guy like Michael Thomas, you're going to yeah. accept that you're not going to be good straight away. But the big question for Ty moving forward is going to is going to be: Does he have the pieces to get into enough wins for when Michael Thomas comes back? Oh, and his look, team is good enough. And look, what he has done, um, he's just put in a shitload amount of fab on Trevor Hubbard for some instantaneous wins. So if he does that, then fucking ipso facto, he might get off the bottom. Ipso of the table. facto, he reckons. Jeez, big couple of <laughs> look, beers, rifle. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Ty, phenomenal eyebrows. Putrid team. Cool. Yeah, no, at least no, you, you've got one win, one loss. We'll, we'll take it. It's a 500 record. I'll tell you what, I'm like, look, if we needed a fourth fab, T-Fab would be here in a heartbeat. So. Oh, mate. He's uh, yeah, he's up, he's up there with... Uh, elite last name, I'll give you. Elite, elite. Oh, oh Fuji. Oh, you know what? I'm going um, uh, to put this on you guys. Let's fucking... Off you go, D-Fab. And you it's actually continue. good timing, the number 13, to come up here. If it isn't old, uh, old mate Kit with Matty hassel if the league... Needed a mascot, it would be it because Hasbulla is God and God is Hasbulla. So yeah, now Ryan, within your drunken waffle, you're actually onto something there. Um, we are big fans of Hasbulla. Hey, um, I think we don't need to go into too much detail about Kit's team. He's been extremely unlucky with Ayuk. I think that was yeah. a call that he was massive on, and he's still confident that Ayuk's going to take that wide receiver one role over Debo Samuel. But look, he he did make press, um, another trade as well, which brought him Derrick Henry, and he didn't get a win out of that week that he had Derrick Henry. Unfortunately, Kurtz picked him in the post. So he realistically should be one and two, but he's definitely got the same as Rob, that boom or bust potential about his team. Anyway, Derrick Henry goes nuts. I'd hate to be versing him. He went rookie with Kyle Pitts at tight end as well, so um, it's a bit of a worry. And Tannehill, Derrick Henry stack, so... Anytime Tennessee's got a favourable matchup, I would hate to be versed. Yeah, f- fingers crossed for Kit that that offence gets firing. And oh, I think the dark horse for Kit's team is a guy like Cole Pitts, who's going to come into his own towards the back end of the season. Once he builds a little bit of rapport with Matty Ice, I honestly think that he can be that tight end two or three for the last for the last six weeks of the season. But it, it, it's going to be the same question as Tough Tuddy's. Has Kit uh, is starting the season Omen three? Is he going to have enough wins at the point where his team starts taking off that gets him to the next level? Time yeah. will tell, I guess. And look, the baseline's there, but look, it, it he's going to have to make some very tough but positive start sit. Kit sucks. Such as, start sit decisions. Yes, yes. So he's yes. going to have to make some tough GM decisions. As we move on to our next pick, and this one's going to be a little bit controversial within it's the room controversial. here. Controversial, yeah. It's completely like whatever the fuck Dfab gets his power rankings out of is wrong. Yeah, you know, paying twenty bucks for power rankings has obviously come up pretty spot on because <laughs> Ryfab has come out at number eleven, the quote unquote the best fab at the eleven seed. Um, Dfab, what are your thoughts? Yeah, he sucks. <laughs> Um, let sorry. Look, looking at the Blake's team, like he, he's got he's got some guys that have realistically 
disappointed. I think Antonio Gibson, a lot of people thought were going to be re- was going to be really, really high end, and I did, I did actually go out and trade for him. Yeah, you did, and I think he's disappointed to a point. I think that's partially because uh, Fitzpatrick's gone down. Um, DK Metcalf has been the subsequent loser of what's been some really, really good play from a player we'll mention later on. Um, there's potential there, but I, I think you're a little bit behind the eight ball, if I'm honest, bro. Well, can I defend myself with my team? Yeah, go on. Hit me. Like, just for one fucking... You're literally sitting here. I'm not going to not let you defend yourself. Yeah, true. I do have words. Um... <laughs> In case you haven't noticed, um, we've had a couple of frothies. So, made a trade with Al on paper, right? Antonio Gibson, Ezekiel Elliott... So I get more depth with Alan Robinson. Alan Robinson has been probably the fantasy LMVP, losing most valuable player. Yeah. I like to dub him as. Meanwhile, I gave away most valuable player, you could say. The forgotten piece in that deal is Marvin Jones Jr., who is a solid flex RB2 option. So I've literally had to deal with the fact that I have Alan Robinson that I have to start and yeah. I receive too. Yeah. Whereas I traded away Marvin Jones Jr., who literally would have made me beat DFAB last week and had me at 3 0. So, wrong league. Oh, sorry, 2 and 1. My <laughs> bad, because Leanne would mask at week one. But I feel like the power rankings are selling me a little bit short. I think Alan Robinson is going to bounce back, and the rest of my team is pretty solid. The only one that I really want to talk about is the fact that if anyone wants George Kittle and Russell Wilson, they're up for trade. Wow. Ryfab making a sweeping proclamation that he's got some players available. Let me know, and I'll have my people contact your people if you want to know about it. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. George Kittle and Razel Willison are available on the trading block. Wow. Um, I think with this team, I think Ryan's been a little bit unlucky. Having Antonio Gibson last year and knowing, just watching him play, average running back just to watch physically, the scheme suits him a little bit more this year. I wouldn't have made the trade for Zeke. But, um, like, yeah, I completely understand Ryan's reasoning. And the one thing I will add just quickly to top this off is that I think Ryfab probably should have been a little bit smarter knowing that Chicago is going to eventually have a rookie QB like taking over the seams. So Ryan... importantly, Matt Nagy calling the plays. Yeah, no, I, I personally think that Ryfab should have known that there's a rookie QB coming in. He might not have that rapport with Robinson and that's probably going to be the downfall of his year, in my opinion. I don't see Ryfab I'm making like, the playoffs. Yeah, me either. Al probably saw that and that's why he was happy to trade away Alan Robinson. That's why Al is higher up on this list. But I'll tell you who is higher up on this list. It is Biggs Corp. He's been a little bit unfortunate. He's... He's had twice in two years. He's had no McCaffrey because of injury. He's had the big fish go down in himself. Um, it doesn't get much bigger than Christian McCaffrey in terms of fantasy. The number one overall pick, the consensus number one overall pick oh, in ninety five percent of smart leagues. <sighs> Rifab, where do you reckon Bigsy's sitting? Look, other than ten, on the I, I'm not going to lie. Bigsy's team kind of worries me a little bit, purely from the standpoint that I don't want to fucking burst it. <laughs> Wow. Um, There's a little bit of column A, column B here. My team sucks. His team's good. So I don't want to burst it. But if there's one error that I've ever seen in fantasy GM made is not making sure that they lock in their handcuff. He bid under $50, or around about $50 for Tuba Hubbard while Christian McCaffrey's out. Mm -hmm. So if he locked in that handcuff, his team wouldn't realistically drop in their production. But now he's got to figure out a McCaffrey replacement for the next couple of weeks. Like he's going to be starting 
some pretty, let's be honest, some waiver wire pickups. Yeah, legit. It is RB2 spot because of this, right? So he, if he goes down and he doesn't get a win in the next couple of weeks, he's going to be on the outside looking in. And we all know in fantasy, it's so much harder to chase wins than it is to keep continue to ride and a win streak. So. I will throw out something that's a little bit hard to, to work out what to do. CMC is kind of a unicorn that you can't just trade him away. But you look at if last year is just a, a, a little bit of proof of what can happen. You saw you saw uh, Joe Mixon go down in what week four, week five, goes down with a with a hamstring. Might have been seven or eight actually. Goes down with a hamstring, and this one to two week hamstring pull ended up being his season done. So you're in this weird you're in this weird position where it's a, do I trade him away? Do I hold on to him? Excuse me, I don't envy his position. Um, but you know what? Bigsy's, Bigsy's team, he's got on it right. He's sitting at one and two. He's got a lot of fab there. Um, his points four, I think, are the third lowest in the comp. So he's got a long way to go. Um, yeah, look, AJ Brown hasn't performed. Um, I think, to, sorry to cut you off, Dan, but I think with Bigsy, I think he's been probably the most unlucky out of any other GM in the league. Close you, to it, yeah. You draft Chris, you draft Christian McCaffrey to be your bell cow, and you just start every week with 20, 25 points on the board. Mm-hmm. Combine that with Lamar Jackson. He's expecting that before his week even gets going, he's got 50 points up on the board between the two. Not yeah. to mention he's a guy like Scary Terry hasn't quite performed at the level in which Bigsy would expect him to. He's got a couple of other question marks. Um, as you guys mentioned, his running back two position is just absolutely diabolical at the minute, but it's going to be an interesting question to see if a guy like AJ Brown can bounce back. You know, obviously a bona fide offense, but hey, time will tell. We'll see. All right. Now, next on the uh, on the power rankings, this may come as a little bit surprising to some, but uh, Leanne Kearns, wow. um, the first lady of fantasy, has popped up at number nine. Don't know about that. Um, personally, I'm a fan of it. Now, I did a bit of crunching today. There is no team in the league that has got more touchdowns than Leanne's lineup so far. Whoa, stat of the day. So she's she's been the beneficiary of some really good fucking scoring. Her, her team destroyed me in round one with a fuckload of touchdowns. So. Yeah. So I think she, she hasn't had less than five touchdowns per week, I believe, not including throwing touchdowns from QBs. I think five is the minimum she's had. And some teams have gone through with none, one. So she's had some very lucky scoring. I do ask you, though, DFAB, is, I feel like Leanne's team is one of the teams that – is just a touchdown team. Travis Kelsey, bell cow for touchdowns. Tyler Lockett loves a tutty. Najee Harris had 19 fucking targets last week. Was it 19? Yeah, nine, 19, 19 targets. targets. Yeah. Big Ben realized all of a sudden that his arm is broken as fuck <laughs> and he's just going to pass the ball short for the rest of the season. Yeah. I think this is highway robbery. I think a guy like Tom Brady is going to be consistent for the rest of the year. His floor is 14 points a game. Najee Harris is electric. Coradell Pat- Patterson has been a fantastic pickup. Um, I-, I honestly think Leanne's team should be top four. I'm in my personal opinion. On that about Coradell, she's done a really good job of being proactive on labor. She's got Tim Patrick, who's got wide receiver two lockdown for Denver for for the foreseeable future. She got Coradell, and not only that, she's got the boom potential entire locket, and she's got the one. Literally 101 tight end of the year. Every single year, Travis Kelsey is her trump card. So between Tom, Travis, and Najee, she's always going to be relevant. So I think this ranking is so fucking low for her. Yeah, 100%. Um, moving on from there, we've got uh, Jake Tilly. 
at number eight. So we're halfway through. We've got Jake at number eight. Look, honestly, I get Chris MC, XL, Handy Bassal. Don't, don't, don't really know what's going on there, Jackie boy. Yeah, but... I still don't understand what the names mean, to be fair. Um, look, team's not bad. Um, he got absolutely kissed on the dick with Cooper Cup this year. Oh, see, you can say get kissed on the dick, but given how late he was drafted, I can't think of the top one. Thief, can you get up? Sorry, what position that he was drafted? He was Pretty quite, sure he was fifth or sixth round. It, it, it was. It, it was quite late. Um, uh, I'm thinking it was either in the fifth or sixth round that he drafted. Oh, sorry, fourth round pick. Fourth round pick. You're getting the RB, you're getting the wide receiver one, excuse me, in fantasy is the fourth round pick. I think that's I think that's fantastic GMing. And if you look at the guys that have gone around him, you know. Sorry, excuse me. We're looking at Julio Jones has gone just after him. Uh, Amari Cooper's gone just before him. You know, Ayuk going in the round before him. Alan Robinson from Rob getting picked in the round before him as well. I think he's done a fantastic job of picking his spot for a guy like Cooper Cup, seeing the massive upside that he has with a new QB, playing most of his time out of the slot, but being able to be a downfield threat as well. I think it's fantastic GMing. Round that off with the rest of his team, I think that he's in for a top four finish personally. Yeah, look, I oh, definitely don't back you on the top four finish. Look, I think he's got a very similar storyline to Leanne. And I think he's been very lucky with a lot of touchdowns so far. So, like, Austin Eckler has been elite. Cooper Cup has been elite. But you look at blokes like Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I'm going to I'm gonna rip out the old Stephen A. Smith here and say he's a bona fide scrub. He can't play. Juju Smith-Schuster is the third option in an offense where, realistically, old mate Big Ben, he's done, right? He's, he's done. Gronkowski, been phenomenal. At the moment, he's on a pace that would exceed his career best in touchdowns and targets. I don't see that I think continuing. the only question with Gronk is can he keep it up? I don't think he can. He's not going to beat his career numbers. I don't see it happening. And to be honest, as Nick said, I think that's probably the question on Jake's entire team, which is kind of why I question his placing in the rankings, right? It's like he's probably overperforming what his list would say that they're capable of. But if they continue on their trajectory, he's going to skyrocket up the rankings mm-hmm. and he's going to keep on knocking teams off. Like... His team, top to bottom, if you're basing on what they've done so far, they're all going to put up record-setting seasons. So yeah, it's eventually going to drop off. It's just a matter of when and if he can keep on winning. Highest points in the league as well this week. So congrats on that. Yeah, well Enjoy. Enjoy the 25 bucks or whatever. As we move on, we move on to the formerly known as Hide and Zeke. Now, I, I guess I, I guess we've got a name change coming up here because um, DFAB, um look, I think I'm, you want to share a little bit of controversy around this look, team. Look, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm out on this team. <laughs> um, bit of a uh, bit of dicey trade talks just quietly. I didn't like the trade that was done today. But look, take take the uh, personal feelings aside. This is probably this has likely been the biggest drop in any team. And I will say this: post draft rankings had Hyde and Zeke, old mate Al Reed, at as the top team following number, the draft. Number one had him at number one. Whereas we look at the rest of the season rankings, and now he's down at number seven. So clearly the Clearly, some of the draft picks he's made have underperformed, and clearly some of these trades that have been made have dropped. He was number three preceding uh, today's today's trade, and he's dropped from three to seven. So, um, look, there's some questionable decisions being made in the GM office. Clearly, the old uh, vaccines caused the 5G to mess with his uh, with his with himself. Dfab's obviously salty. <laughs> he had a trade to in his... the works. He got cut out of the <laughs> at the end hour, but that's fantasy. I to guess. his to his credit. Bit dicey at tight at uh, at QB, but the rest of his team looks all right. You've got Zeke Elliott, who's very much 
Did a bit of a time shit now, probably a six. Uh, RB2 in his own team. Probably a 70 30 split, but he's still going to be elite. They're looking like a very big run run offense. Saquon, questions there. What do you reckon about the rest of his team, Fab? So I, I personally think, long story short, his team has Sam Darnold, who's going to be a top 12 QB the rest of the season. That's, That's just what his call. projection big is. Call. Wow. Um, he's got two RB1s in Zeke and Saquon. He's got Keenan Allen and Robert Woods. Robert Woods is massively underperformed, but Saquon is. Mm-hmm. Doing, doing what he's doing. And Keenan Allen is Justin Herbert's little love child other than Mike Williams. But Tyler Higby, literally tight end one in the best offense in football. So amazing yeah. for him to be on the table. As long as he can make sure his flex is the right play every week, then I think he'll actually be a lot better than what his projection is as well. I don't think anyone's put in as much faith into Matthew Stafford in his entire career <laughs> as the great man Al is right now. You know, he's got the second and third option in that offense behind Cooper Cup, obviously, and Robert Woods and Tyler Higby. So the real question is, Stafford performing, it's going to it's gonna essentially defy his season. We'll see. We'll and very much see. At the end of the day, if I could say my team goes as the Rams goes, which is what I was doing, I'd be pretty happy with it. Yep, no, pretty good. All right, so we're running out of time, so let's fucking power through these last Matt Morrell, very quickly, go. Matt Morrell, your team sucks. You're going to kick your ass by 30 this week. Nah. Top shot team, man. All right, move on. Yeah, nah, very, no, 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 I'm very, kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Very quickly, good team. Nick Chubb's been very, very lax. It looks, it's starting to look like a 50-50 who's better, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb. So it's a little yeah. bit dicey there. But very good wide receiving call. DJ Moore and Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley's got a long way to bounce back. Start getting some scores on the board. DJ Moore's been stellar. I'm feeling pretty good about his team. The only thing that concerns me about this team is that Nick Chubb, um, the Cleveland offense has almost exclusively stopped running two running back sets. They did have a lot of sets last year and the year before where they had Nick Chubb and they had Kareem Hunt out on the field at the same time. That is slowing down. So Mm. it concerns me about the timeshare on the field. But guys like Calvin Ridley, guys like TJ Moore, um, they they will perform as the season goes on. Um, Mike Evans is such a good flex pick in my opinion. He, he can have 30 yards and three touchdowns in one week. But I think right out to close us off here, where does Matt finish for the season? Mm, I think he has the highest range of finishing of uh, finishing potential. He could literally finish bottom four, but he could also finish well in amongst the uh, well in amongst the top four. So very tough to pick on that one. But moving on, we have the reigning. Defending <laughs> WCW champion. Don't know why I said WCW. Nice one to roll with. Five time. He did um, five time. Newly anointed Papa Bear. Um, Marcus. Yeah, well done. Cheers to being a dad. Well done. And cheers to um, cheers to having your flowers for being the rating chair, mate. Well done. Well done. Well done. Well done. Well done. Now, his team fab. What do you reckon? team. It, if I'm being completely honest, it is very top heavy. We got Dap Tyreek. And Stefan Diggs. Outside of that, a running back room of Miles Sanders and Damian Harris. Yeah, I don't know about that. Now, I personally, if I'm going up against this week after week, I'm just praying to God that Tyreek doesn't 30 burger. Otherwise, I'm pretty happy with where it's at. Like, I think that it's a very consistent producing team. Like, no one's going to go for your 20s plus other than that. So if you can score 100 plus, I feel like you're really beating Marcus yeah, at this I agree. stage. So I understand the power rankings, having him at five, saying he's a really solid team. But if I'm versing him, I would much rather be versing him on a week where I have good matchups versus a team like Rob's or a team like Kits where they have that boom potential. Mm-hmm. Marcus is going to be very safe. But 
is going to be really solid for the rest of the season. He'll probably be around about where we're at with finals. We'll get to awards in part two of this podcast, but something I wanted to quickly mention is that I think that as a GM, Marcus could be in the running for the most consistent. I think his floor and his ceiling are probably the closest than any other GM in the league. I don't see around this year where he scores less than 70 points, but I just I think the big question around this team is does he have the firepower to crack 100, 110 to beat your big uh, to beat your big wigs? Yeah, we'll I see. agree. So look, I'm going to uh, play the drum for for number four, which is some I didn't I personally don't agree with this one, but um, I don't think any 0-3 team can be in the top four. But the old algorithms put yours truly. Wait, El, you're fucking kidding me. El Hefe at number three, four. 24. Do you know why I put you in the top fucking four? Tell because me you pay for this dumb fucking subscription. No, mate, no, no. Look, that's the only way. It's a good chance. That's the only way. But look, I you will say this. I will say. Yourself. I will say this. Actually, no. I should put it to you guys. You Can tell I me. I propose one thing. Yeah. Can I mean, we change his team name to Owen Jeffe instead of El Jeffe? I feel like it's a much more to... appropriate name. Uh, did really you guys like how just quietly, I subtly changed everyone's name in the chat to Owen? Yeah. yeah, yeah who has the money game yet? Yeah. Yeah, Owen until further notice, you dicks. But look. For an 0-3 team, you can't really ask for a better lineup purely on the basis of, as I said with Al's team, as the Rams go, he goes. He's got Matt Stafford, Aaron Jones, the volume vacuum himself. Joe the Mixon. volume vacuum, I like that name. Um, we got Deontay Johnson, who's captain injured. Antonio Brown, who's captain uh, the Kyrie of the NFL. Yeah, watch your back. <laughs> Mine Jacecki, fresh off waivers. And then he's got Urban Meyer's love child. And by love child, I mean... The, the defab of the families. Paul. <laughs> 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 um, James Robinson as well. So I think Dan is very similar to a lot of teams where he has to get his start sits right. And if he doesn't, he's going to lose. But if he gets them right, he's going to win. So his upside is pretty big with what he's got. Yeah. But his downside is probably worse off. So having yeah. him fourth in these rankings, I think he's a massive over conversation. Yeah, yeah cool. Is. Moving on. No, 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 no. We don't want to talk about me anymore. We want to talk about you because number three on this list is Dylan Nick. Okay. Real Dobby, 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 when Dobby you Dobby. say talk about me, it's talk about Saf and me. Look, I cannot make it any fucking clearer. This is a split backfield. I'm going to throw this out there, right? I'm going to look at these bear rankings. Looking at, look at the rest of season projections. This team is second on QB, second on wide receiver, That's third on flex, fourth on tight end, fourth on starters, and arguably the second deepest bench in the league. Running backs, low-key, absolute piss take. But the rest of the team looks absolutely outstanding. Defab, I'd like to walk you through our logic and reasoning here. So I don't happens? care. It's not about you. Okay. I will throw this out there, though. There is, as of right now, one top 30 player in the team. So this is one of those, it's not about the top-end talent. This is just having good, solid contributors across the board. Now, in my opinion, and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, I don't think this is sustainable. Looking at blokes like Debo Samuel, he's on track. If he continues with his 10 targets a week, he's on target to finish six targets less than the wide receiver one of last year. I don't see that happening. I look at Mike Williams, he's looking at doubling his career best. I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening. So I think there's some clear regression coming. That being said, there's a lot of blokes here that are something to be excited about. Patrick Mahomes has got room to grow. Devontae Adams, stud. 
Mike Williams realistically could hold on to this same form if he yeah. keeps going. He's One thing that they've definitely done is that they've hit where they get <coughs> to hit in the draft. Like, they hit their five wide receivers deep. So, if you want to trade, if you need wide receivers as a team, this is probably your team to go for. What they need to do, though, is shore up their running back room because Chase Edmonds is in the split backfield. Miles Gaskin is playing in a team where, unfortunately for him, Jacoby Brissett is his quarterback. So, the scoring potential might not be there in the running room. The positive for them, though, and why I think they're justified being this high, is that carried by Mahomes and Devontae Adams and TJ Hawkinson as your three main staples, you're going to be competitive each week with those three. So it's a pretty it's a pretty solid team. As much as I hate to say Dilsaf's decent at anything. Yeah. Shout out Dilsaf, you're the fucking king. I would bro. like to I would like to have Dilsaf sitting. Imagine your co-GM being the nicest dude in the world. Yeah, but imagine your co-GM also being the the name the naming partner of the Dylan Safina Wooden Spoon Award. Hey, well I've won a two before. We're now co-GMs. We're we've brought the band back together. Round two, this is the remix. We're on. That's all, all right. I'm gonna say. Cool. And very quickly, just to wrap this one up, number one is going to be in the next episode of the pod. So you yes, have to tune in for next episode. For Coming this. out straight after this one. Correct. Um, but number two, we've got... Drum roll. We've got the newbie, Mark Battaglia. Or Mark, as I read it every time. The best new guy. Mate, the bloke's got a fucking absolute riot of a team. D-Fab. He's got some very nice pieces. D-Fab, in my opinion, the best team in the league without a doubt. He's got... QB1, in my opinion. I think Kyler Murray finishes the league at, I agree. at QB1. Alvin Kamara, obviously a fantastic piece. CD Lamb looks like he's going to have an amazing breakout year and continue to do so. Adam Thielen has channeled his inner 2019. He's going to push for wide receiver one. Guys like Waddle, guys like... He's got, two, he's got two Kirks on his bench. Like, literally, joke for Kirk is on his bench. Kirk Cousins and Christian Kirk. So much Kirking. It's ridiculous. It is all of the Kirk. No, but all, all seriousness, Mark drafted extremely yeah, well. Yeah, he did. Um, he's he, working on draft day and he's just sat with it and he's let it ride out, being confident with it. And you know what? It's fair enough because I don't see him going anywhere anytime soon. So um, the last thing I say about Mark is I think he's one trade away from being the best team in the comp to lock it in. All right, this is part one. All done. Dusted. See you guys in about five seconds for part two. We're going to hit you with number one. Fuck you, Kenzie. All right. All right, we're back. Episode two. Oh, Jesus, Dan. But a, a, conti- a continuation of episode one. Imagine not getting a lunch break at work. He's garbage. I was going to go get a beer. but No, not a chance. I'll sit down. So where we left things, we were talking about um, Mark's, Mark's team, and I think Mark's got a long way to go. Let me finish. Let me finish. He's got a long way to go in that the man spent so much time vaping during the draft that he would be absolutely gutted that as of tomorrow, vapes are illegal in Victoria. Okay. Yeah, he's gonna be really upset about it. So if there's if there's any positive though. He could be pretty. He can at least rest on his laurels, knowing that his fantasy team is really, really good. You mean his Matt Morals? On his Matt Morals. <laughs> I'll tell you what. You just fall back with on what you were saying about Mark Williams forty seconds ago. I just, I just worded it horribly. I've always known he's got a good team. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mark, down to kiss us, but we'll move on to the number one team, allegedly, allegedly. Just like his inaugural fantasy season had an asterisk, Wait, this one does too. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Lee Kurt sitting at number one, cold showers himself. Um, What's his rank? Uh, two and one. Two and one. He's two, two and one. one. How did that happen? Eight teams in the league, two and one right now, dude. There's only one team for yeah, I'm one of those. 
it's it's crazy. There's lots of two and one teams. Yeah. Currently sitting at six on the ladder, two hundred and fifty points for seventy off the top spot. It's the Cairns. This it, it's it's oh, our co-GM that's done literally zero all year. Yeah. Oh. I'm running, the, mate. I'm fucking steering the shit. It's all. Awesome. Okay. Top to bottom, walk me through the team. So if we look at uh, old mate Cold Showers, who for some reason chooses an, a cold shower to be a personality trait, um, <laughs> the, the man's got he's got some big names. He's got, he's double dipped on the old Minnesota offense and gone Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, both guys elite at their position. I've got a pretty shitty defense this year as well. So how those hamstrings, Dalvin? There's going to be a, there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of offensive play from. Um, from the bikes this year. Um, Aaron Rodgers. Don't I, talk shit about Aaron Rodgers. I just Dr. don't. McAfee Tuesday's best, best segment in all sports. I just don't know. This is the now This is now the new best segment in sport. Yeah, no, I can't confirm it is. I just don't know about Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't do any training camp, put up absolute fucking peanuts week one, smashed it against a good matchup. Couldn't disagree less. Well, I just don't more. I just, yeah, exactly. Couldn't disagree less. You know I'm right. I just don't know about yeah. Aaron Rodgers. But, I mean, uh, there's a glaring omission here. Tyson Williams at RB2 is an absolute kick to the dick. Can I put it out there? He might be the co-commissioner, but he's got by far and away the worst GM decision I've seen in however many years. One, oh, one. One, one, oh, one. One, oh, one. One, oh, one. Literally, the man will, his name will be written in folklore next to RG3 in round one. Wow. <laughs> As a 101 waiver pickup. That's not bad by you. <laughs> That's not bad How at all. is this person, and by person I mean Lee, number one in our power rankings, Rafa, when he literally put in $101 on a guy, he's literally fourth on the depth chart. I was just about to ask you, Rafa, where do you actually see him on the depth chart, Elijah Mitchell? One's healthy, one's up and going. Fourth. One, yeah, I'll probably see him as fourth on the depth chart as well. I think there's more no. talented, healthy backs. Um, I actually think a guy like Trey Sermon could make this position his own. I hope so. Hey, well, yeah, I know you hope so, fuck with. Um, but, <laughs> sorry, that was very really crazy. <laughs> but, um, yeah, as a whole, I think Kearns has been um, really lucky. He's so lucky, but at the same time, I probably should say smart. Drafting a guy like Darren Waller in everyone knew that the Raiders were going to lift him in this year. Yeah. No one knew that he was going to get fucking 17 targets week one. And Darren Waller looks like a, he's a wide receiver stuck in a tight end's body. Mm-hmm. It's um, Waller is um, a, an amazing talent, and I don't have Coons in my top three teams personally for the rest of the year. Me either, to be fair. But if you look at the talent and the best case scenario on this list, Dalvin comes back and he's firing, averaging 25, 30 a game. Um, if Aaron Rodgers comes back and starts averaging 25, 30 a game from his slow start to the season, you also look at other guys like Chris Godwin could come out of fucking nowhere and become... He's been good enough to be wide receiver two at one point, so he's bitch. got the potential yeah. in him. And, like, look, I think the biggest travesty on our league as a whole was allowing Lee, after he spent $101 on Elijah Mitchell, to get Alexander Mattinson for six bucks. Was it six bucks? Eight bucks, uh, eight yes. bucks six bucks, right. however much fab he had left. But the fact that we as a league allowed him to get his RB1s back up yeah. that cheap is a travesty on all of us. And to be honest, it's literally given him an extra life. It's like, you know, when you're playing Mario and like you thought you were out of lives, but you've got one more, that's what it's literally done for him. So yeah. he's got a very solid team. He's got the wins early. So he should be in a really he's solid position. He's in a good position. spot. Yeah. But to be honest, like as a whole, the league is very tight this year. Is. Yeah. A 14 teams has brought in a different dynamic. The four-man bench has brought in a different dynamic. So while Kearns is ranked number one on DFAB bogus power rankings, 
<laughs> I think it's very even across the board. Yeah, I think I, so. I think something that just to kind of close off on the power rankings and stuff is that you've seen a couple of really clear different strategies when it came to draft day. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But based off of the way your draft position was, like I can speak on behalf of myself and Dilsaf here, is that we went into the draft, we knew that we weren't picking a running back because we didn't want a guy like Joe Mixon. We didn't want a guy like Najee Harris, which we probably regret now, or a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because we thought that if we had people carrying us in our first two rounds in consistency, guys like Devontae Adams, who you could argue has been the most consistent key position player in fantasy I'm over touch the on last later. few years, and the... And in my opinion, the, definitely the best quarterback in football. Might mm. not be the best fantasy quarterback in a guy like Patrick Mahomes. And then just fucking shooting twice at two running backs. And yeah. it's definitely happened a couple of times. There's been a couple of teams that have drafted running backs late. You look at a guy like Bigsy who drafted McCaffrey first and then didn't draft his next running backs until um, Williams and Gus Edwards, who unfortunately got injured. You know, you look at... Buzz. Yeah, like you look at other teams like... Rob Grant's team, who only had two running backs on his list until the seventh round when he picked up uh, Zach Moss, you know. I think running backs have always been the most important part of the Glycon Fantasy League because for some reason we value them higher than anything else. But, boys, I feel like we could be seeing a paradigm shift. It's definitely interesting because there's a lot, of the, a lot of the high-end running backs that have been picked that just really haven't performed. Like, you look at, you look at the first couple that have gone through, you've got... Yeah, the first six went all right. You got the McCaffrey off the board. We had McCaffrey, Cook, Kamara, Henry, Elliott, Jones. They've all performed. Nick Chubb, he's been serviceable, he's been but you could you could argue that he's been slightly worse than you would have predicted because they've gone into almost like a 50-50 timeshare. Jonathan Taylor's been shit house. Eckler, he's been very good, to be honest. Saquon Barkley, shit house. Mixon, getting heaps of opportunity. Was the rushing yard rushing yards leader after week two? Hasn't scored, so he's not up there. Gibson, massive flop. Harris, barring this last week with nineteen targets, took nineteen targets for him to be relevant. Other than that, flop. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, flop. J.K. Dobbins injured. Very See you later. Guys like Montgomery, great first week, flop. Deep you just managed to skip over old mate Swifty there from yeah. Detroit, who you traded away, who's now RB3. Yeah, but fuck Swifty. He's more of a wide receiver in the running back spot. So, yeah, no, nah, he's been very good. So, But you see what I mean? Like, you can argue that 50% of the people that I've just mentioned there have all been flops. So, I think you might be right. There may be a bit of a paradigm shift towards wide receivers that are maybe a little bit more reliable in a half PPR league as opposed to a running back that's very if you know very iffy. And like look to be devil's advocate in the same scenario, we've always said with the draft, every year with fantasy football, you can't win your league in the draft, but you can sure as hell fucking lose it. Yeah. So if you're drafting someone like Saquon doesn't hit, Jonathan Taylor doesn't hit, um like for bigs, Gus Edwards gets season ending injury, McCaffrey goes down, you got Guys like who else hasn't hit? Fucking Travis Etienne goes down with a season-ending injury. Brandon Ayuk in the third round doesn't get shit. Yeah, like just Josh Jacobs doesn't in the third round doesn't do anything. Raheem Mostert goes down for the season. There's endless amounts of people yeah, that so get drafted in the first four rounds that you would expect to be a key contributor for your season that go down. So while this is a current rankings. It's more about what everyone does from here that's going to be the key to everyone's fantasy season. So I think we've all set the table pretty well. It's a very even league. Yeah. But it's definitely up for grabs. And I will, I will say that on that point, just kind of doubling down on that, I think I think that as 
it's it's been hard to coordinate trades. We're not going for depth with this four four bench scenario. I yep. think the idea is as we go into the buy rounds, there's people with two, three blokes all on buy in the same round. The only way we're going to be able to make this happen is if we make the only way you're going to be able to keep up is if you start making trades to make this happen. So you've got blokes playing. And I think we're going to see a lot more movement, a lot more sideways movement. None of this, I need a lopsided win to get a to get a trade done. I think mean, there's going to be a lot more sideways movement to try to get wins because no one want the way the competitive league is starting to shape up. No one's going to want to just concede two, three weeks at a time of losses because you can't fill that spot. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, it, it's definitely going to be an interesting back end of the year. But just to recap, our power rankings from 14th to first, we've got Admiral Dakbar, Tough Tutties, Matt Hazabula, Rifat, Bigsy Corp. Excuse I'm, me. I'm not calling you the Bigsy best Corp. Fab. It's Bigsy Corp. What's my team name? The most average fab. The best fab. The best fab, thank you. That's uh, what I fucking thought. <laughs> Bigs Corp, Iron Man 23, Truth FC, Hide and Zeke. Well, no longer Hide and Zeke, but we'll get to that eventually. More like Found and Zeke. Born Chubb, definitely the best name in our league, hands down. Mm. And then we move into our top five. We've got Marcus with playing on Burrow Time. We've got D Fab at El Jefe. We've got Dilsaf and N Fab at Dillonick. We've got uh, Mark or Merrick. Yeah, Shogun, uh, Shaguar's FC. Why did I just say Shogun? Shogun. Uh, Nihongo. I was going to say that I've got glasses on. Well, it's probably because we lived in Japan. Do. I don't know if the police have ever knew, oh. but we actually lived in Japan. We lived in Japan. And then taking out the number one spot, we've got the worst commissioner of the league, old mate Lee Coons, in Cold Showers. Yes, no, we did. Cold Showers. All right, moving on. All right, let's do it. I'm so, excited for this part. This yeah, so this is, this is interesting because I won't lie to you. We haven't prepared for this one, so we're going to see how we go. NBA-style awards, this is all about which players in our lists have performed in X style. Yeah. So we'll start with Nick Fab, we'll go to Rifad, then myself, we'll switch it up. So we, Nick Fab. We we called this one the Rookie of the Year Award. Yeah. But at the same time, in brackets, we've got next to it, who's outplayed their ADP? I feel like it's more like a NAB Rising star. Yeah. NAB Rising, you know what? We're I fucking mean, Jab Rising star. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. you know what? Yeah, yeah. NAB yeah. Rising star, we're changing that. Jesus Christ, you can't fucking spell it. I'm pissed, fuck off. Yeah, okay. All right, so let's change this to our Nab Rising Star. So we're going to talk this about a guy who was drafted extremely late. So we're going to say within the last four rounds. So... Yeah, just who's outperformed their ADP? Who's done well enough so, uh, to, to tick the boxes and go, yeah, he's deserving of, of a bit of respect? So Mike Williams was drafted in the fifth last round. Oh, so, he's gone so, with someone in his own yeah, fucking team. Yeah, it As the fifth last round. So he just falls out of this category, unfortunately. No, so, then you're not stick by it. Go with Mike. No, no, no. You do. You, you, you no, do no, no, no. He falls just outside of it. But for me, to be completely honest, and I'm, I'm going to pick a bit of a dark horse here, I'm going to go with Naheem Hines. Interesting. I think Naeem Mines currently sitting at RB twenty one. Yeah, I don't take it a guess. Don't. It's, that, that's a stab at it. He's definitely sitting in the top twenty five RBs. I think he has shown enough to not only take over the top role within his team, but I think he's shown enough to to be a genuine RB two for the rest of the season. So I'm going to go with my nab rising star. At the same time, a bit of a prediction in there as well with Naheem Hines. All right, I, nice. I, I think he's off to a to a stellar start. Cool, right. shut up, so, on. Can I just be honest? That's fucking dumb, oh. if I'm being honest with you. Because there's one person in the last four rounds who has literally levitated this person's team to contender status. 
Go on. And that is Juan Thomas Brady. Oh, yeah. Leanne Kearns. So I'm going to be completely honest with you. No shit. When I selected Russell Wilson in round five, I was considering picking Tom Brady as my quarterback in the same fucking round. And not only has he just been beautiful and had a beautiful wife the whole time. He's such a good He's also dude. been beautiful. Really he's awesome. been beautiful on the football field. And he's exceeded everyone's expectations. I don't know exactly what QB he is, but I assume he's a top five. Uh, he's, he's up there. If I was to take a peek and look at old mate Thomas Brady, he is sitting at currently QB2. QB2. To be honest, he hasn't even looked like his team's potential is untapped. He, ha- he hasn't looked deadly yet. He's he got had, so much. He the had the toughest matchup in the NFL against the LA Rams and still put up 27. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. So, again, we were talking about before how Leanne's team has been elevated by the above-average play of certain players. Getting Tom Brady in the eighth round as your QB1, who has outplayed every QB that was picked before him, barring one, is an outstanding result and is, I think, the biggest reason why her team's as good as it is. So, thus far this season, he's definitely my fantasy MVP. You know what? I don't mind that at all. And I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to... I'm tempted to double down on – I've got a couple of options because I, I hate to say it, but there's part of me that wants to double up on Nick Fab's team and say he's, he's – in the, in the last four rounds, Nick Fab and Dilsaf picked up Debo Samuel. They picked up Marquise Hollywood-Brown. Cole Beasley, both have been – all have been phenomenal contributors. You, all, you also look at, at Leanne's team. Sterling Shepard as the fucking third last pick, I think, has been phenomenal, but he's hurt. So I don't know what's going on there. Um Matt Stafford, third, Matt Stafford, Matt, Matt, Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford, just for you guys playing third. at home, is Matt Stafford's ugly stepbrother. Well, he's ugly enough as it is, so, but, you know, third last round, and he's, he's QB4 supporting the clear consensus wide receiver one, so it's a really, really hard pick for me. I honestly don't know who to go. I feel like I need to exit my own little bubble. For the first time, honestly, for the first time ever. Podcast. Excuse me. You've been a massive home so far. Well, well, yeah, because I'm absolutely stellar. Yeah. Um, you know what I will say, though? Taking a peek at what's there, I'm going to go real outside the box here. I'm going to say Rob Gronkowski in the last round. Yeah. No, the no. man's been absolutely stellar. He looks like he's in career best form. I don't think he's going to keep it up, but he's been by far the four, best. We must, four, three, we, must, three, three, yeah. now, we must take note, although he is our fan, dance fantasy uh, jab rising star pick, he was dropped and then acquired by a former champion, one, Yakatelli. Yeah, no, Jake did really well to obviously assess the waiver wire. And I tell you what, a guy like Ty Fab could really use a dude like Rob Gronkowski. Ty Fab could so. literally use anyone that's scoring points at the moment. Yeah, he could. All right, moving on. Um, Rife Up, I'm going to put this one to you first. The Drew Holiday Consistency Award. Who has been the most bankable, the most reliable Fantasy performer so far for you. And See, yours. now, I'm, there is one who is dominating so far, but the consistency isn't really sustainable, so let's just get it out there. Cooper Cup would be number one on everyone's yeah. list. Yeah. He's scored above 20 every single week, and that's just not sustainable. And look, if he does, he's going to break a whole lot of NFL records this year. Correct. So where you at. Let's just put that out there. We're going to put a big, fat line through it. Yeah, right? cool. Line through it. Done. All right, so my... Most consistent performer so far this season. And look, if I'm being completely honest, 
I feel like I'm just getting all on the Jay Tilly bandwagon at the moment. Yuck. But it is Austin Eckler. Yeah, he's been pretty solid. I, I won't lie. He's the, guy, he's the guy I looked at. He's been absolutely stellar. Well, so look, he's, he's a little bit outside of the box. But you look at the scores that you're putting up. We've got in uh, in our um, standard format, we've got 13, 13, and 13. What are the scores? <laughs> 12, 22, Fuck, and 23. Son, Daniel, you brought up the wrong scores. No, I didn't. We've yeah. got 11, 22, and 22. Right? That's the full PPR. We're half PPR, so it's not quite that. But Dan brought up the wrong scores, so he's completely butchered me here. Oh, fucking shut up, dickhead. But you know what he has done? He's given someone who put in their late first round pick, he hasn't missed. And the running backs that went around him, literally sandwiched him, is Jonathan Taylor or Saquon Barkley. Yeah. And I think that says everything that you need to know about that sort of pick. Is that in late first round, when running backs are thin and you're thinking about potentially getting a wide receiver or a tight end, something along those lines, you've hit the right running back and he's literally been a staple of a really good team so far. So I think that in terms of consistency... You're getting ten plus scores and two twenty plus scores yeah. for the first two weeks, for the first three weeks of the season. You can't ask for anything more, and that's the kind of consistency that you want out of your RB one. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, very I, cool. I think it's hard to argue with a guy. Shout out to Defa for fucking up my fucking scores Pop when I tried to read him out. Do I, your fucking job. I think it's hard to kind of go past it. I like Eckler to be honest. He has been extremely consistent for the year, but when I think of consistency at the minute. Um, it's about thinking about a player who will continue to perform at the rate they have been performing thus far this year. And uh, it's, it's uh, for the way that he was picked, he was picked in the sixth round of the bloke I'm talking about right now. He was picked as outside of the top eight quarterbacks. But you look at a guy like Justin Herbert and the offense that he's able to control and will maintain for the rest of the year based off of his schedule yeah. will allow him, in my opinion, to be the most reliable quarterback option for the rest of the season. They've got a really favourable schedule for a quarterback going up against a, a team like Cleveland a couple of times. Um, a couple of matchups against Cincinnati, I think they might have to verse twice. Yeah. Could be wrong on that one. But I, I honestly think if I look at their offence, the options that they have available – they got options wherever you look. They've got obviously Eckler. They've got obviously uh, Mike Williams. They've got Keenan Allen. You know, both of those guys averaging 10-plus targets a week each. I honestly think that um, Justin Herbert, in my opinion, will be the most consistent player for the rest of the fans. It's funny you say that, Nick Fab, because you've you've kind of prefaced that a little. He's been, he's been outstanding. Um, mate, my number one most consistent guy has been, I hate to say it, I don't want to blow smoke up yours and Dilsap's ass, but... Mike Williams, the man has produced in terms of scores. He's put up phenomenal scores, but I look at what he's put up week to week. He's giving you a t- at least a touchdown every week. He's getting Daddy. he's getting a, he's getting double digit targets every single week. He's not getting the yardage, but he's getting those touchdowns. He's getting the red zone targets. He's getting seven to eight receptions a week. He has been as reliable a bloke as any in the NFL outside of QBs, and I think he's uh, he's one to bank on moving forward. Can I, I did, can I I did just, pursue him from you. I tried to get him. Can from I just give one shout-out? Can I just give one shout-out to the anti-consistency? And by consistency, I mean consistently shit. There you go. Alan Robinson on my team has been fucking Yeah, he's been putrid. If anyone wants him for a bag of chips, fucking feel free to shoot me a message. I will trade you JD McKissie for him right here, right now. 
you're a no. pig. <laughs> All right, guys, so. on that, we've worked out consistency. Who's been your fantasy MVP to date? I feel like it's pretty unanimous, but I don't know about you. For me, I'm going to go Cooper Cup. There's no one. There's no one close. Yeah, easy. Nick, Cooper Cup. Yeah, it's not even, it's not even close. Cooper yeah. Cup, clear number one. Very well drafted. He's he's been elite. I'm going to throw it out there. Possible hot take as close to a Get to the hot take in a minute. Get to the hot take in one minute. That's what we're going to this, this, diff- this is different, but I'm going to say as close to a Megatron level season as we've seen wow. since he retired. I don't. Okay. I, I've never. I haven't. I can't remember seeing a wide receiver as dominant as Cooper Cup has looked on the field. Not oh. talking about scores as as he's looked on the field. No one can touch him. Let alone he's white. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, correct. Fuck oh, white people. Oh, Fuck oh, white people. No, okay. I've never seen a white person <laughs> go nuts like this. It's All right, cool. Good Moving shoot. forward. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface this one by saying this is the Skip Bayless hour. Yeah. Right? We're going to be the old senile white dude from Texas. Hot takes for the rest of the year. Now, this can be about a specific player, about a team, about a GM. You can decide whatever you'd like. What is your hot take? I'm going to start with you, Rifa. Your hot take for the rest of the year. And I want it to be fucking steaming hot. Yeah, I, I want this to be flaming dog shit. All right, so this one is going to be a first in Guy from Fantasy. First time it's ever happened. Dill Seth doesn't finish with the spoon. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Not on my watch. Not you, Dill Seth. Well, you, you've kind of just... No, nah, go on, go on. To a little bit of a point, taking a little bit of the thunder about it out of what I was about to say. I regret nothing. But uh, Dylan Sapinion led team isn't going to trade his way out of the playoff team this year that is my hot take it's a fucking hot take he's Every done it a lot season, he has managed to facilitate a championship to it one team or another and look the man's the first to admit he fucking sucks at fantasy when it comes to talking trades yeah he does but what he can do is he can draft a half decent team and he can turn it into a lot of wins as long as he doesn't trade his good players away and i don't think that's going to happen this year I think Dylan and I have come into, and every, if you guys have ever played fantasy sports with me, you know that I'm an over-trader as well. I don't necessarily go for that big one or anything like that, but I always end up fucking doing a bunch of mini trades that puts me two steps back. I think Dylan and I have done a really good job of collaborating with it, like within the walls of uh, Dylan and Co, um, just to make sure that everything's going well. We're trying to trade for the right assets and stuff, but no, clear lines of communication. But yeah, Dilsaf. To not trade his way out of the season. Sports bet odds, go. Sport the sports bet odds for Dilsaf to not trade away his lineup. Uh dollar one because Nick's a co GM. Yeah. Oh, they won't do it. Just just won't let it happen. Okay, so it's so the, be, so the bet is that Nick Fab won't let Dylan trade away his best yeah, players. I actually think in terms of both of them as GMs, them being paired up with each other is the best thing for both of them. Because they both fuck it up on their own. Yeah. Although yeah. Nick's won a chip, he was gifted it gifted it by his co GM. So Hashtag collusion solution. Nick Fab, go. My hot take of the year. Um, okay, this is going to sound extremely outlandish. Um, Kareem Hunt to finish as a top five running back. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So Wow. Yeah. So I look at the Cleveland Browns. I look at what they have to offer as a team. They have an abundance of good wide receivers when healthy, but they never fucking are. Fourth round draft pick by Rob Grant in our league this year. I genuinely think that Kareem Hunt will take over not only Nick Chubb's role, but he will end up having the 75% timeshare, which will put him at 18 to 20 points a game. If he has that, he will be a top five running back for fantasy for the rest of the year. And Baker loves a fucking check down. He really he does. does. No one does it better than Kareem Hunt. 
top five for the rest of the season. He's top, seven, he's top seven now, so it's not not the worst take you've ever had. Well, yeah, he was Sports bet odds. Uh, I'm say three dollars seventy-five. I was going to say eight dollars. Three seventy-five. Ryan, sports bet odds. Um, Assuming you've got blokes like CMC and Aaron Jones and all those right, blokes I'm at a dollar seventy. I'm just saying right now for the rest of the season, mate. Top five. I would not put him if I had fifty-one dollar odds. I wouldn't put that on. I'm Kareem Hunt, top five. That is a boiling hot take. It is. It's hot to do. Crazy. He's is running back eight right now, coming off a what a twenty-plus point performance. Something like that. But his snap share is below fifty percent everywhere. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He's going to take over 75 percent, and he's going to fucking. Uh, hey, look! If your ESP and your Nick Chubb's going to get hurt, then fucking well played. But I don't think it's yeah. going to happen. So. All right. And... right here. Nick Chubb is doing his ACL week nine. Jesus Christ! Um, I hope you lose for that. Uh, and my hot take. Uh, I'm going to go a different, different alleyway here. I'm not going to go player. I'm going to go GM wise. Oh, here we go. Looking at yeah, oh. looking at the top five teams. We've got three teams. All tied on 335 points four in, shit. in Leanne, in Jake, and Nick Fab. Excuse me? Nick and Nick. Dillonick. Dillonick Fab. Dillonick. Well, Dill Fab is still a thing. My prediction is that two of those three will not make the top four to finish the year. Only one of those will be in finals. Sports bet odds? Dollar oh one. Wow, he's confident. Hundred percent, I am. I think, as I said in the as I said in the previous um, summary of the teams following three rounds, I I think that both Truth FC and Iron Man Twenty Three um, are reflections of their names and the creativity. I think they're quite average. I don't. I think they've been. I think they've been. I think they've been the the beneficiary of some poor performances against them. But more importantly, I think they've been the beneficiaries of some very high touchdown numbers. Look, I don't think they're any good. I'm not going to lie. In a 14 team league, three of the four top scorers so far being in the top four isn't really sustainable. So there's a decent chance that there's some um, natural regression in those teams. And considering they're all two and one, tied with fucking six other teams, there's a decent chance that one of them doesn't make the um, top four. So as hot as a take as it seems, like I actually think it's pretty smack on. No, I will throw it. I will throw this out there. I didn't realize this. Jake has low key put up three thirty five at top spot and has had more points scored against him than any other team in the league, and is still sitting. At two and one. Yeah, well, I mean, that's uh, that's not bad. But I still back him and Leanne to both fall out of the top four. Yeah, welcome, so, guys, that is the first <laughs> NFL fantasy pod. The way it's going to be going is we're going to do this every three weeks. We want to have a little bit of content to sum- to simmer on. So, as it stands, this is our first three week pod. We will revisit following week six. Um, we will suss out where it's at and do a half season uh, half season discovery session. Bit of bit of chatter. Okay, so I would just like to say that the pod is sponsored by Curtis Collectibles. Oh. Um, check out Curtis Collectibles on all your major platforms, Instagram specifically, especially your uh, collect. Uh, also sponsored by NBA Slab, also sponsored by It's NFAB underscore GG. And just lastly, sponsored by Midi's Electrical. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just thought of this then. Yeah, and let's do it really fucking quickly. Let's cross off a team who can't win the chip right now. Between the three of us, we have 40 Has seconds. Kit, he's out. He's got Derrick Henry. I'm not really. Nah, kid's done. He's got oh, you got Derrick Henry and five hundred nothing. Elgefe. 
Okay. Wow, Defo coming the chip for me. Go. I'm going to go busy. Christian McCaffrey out. He's going to fall to 0 5. Can't win from 0 5. Mate, this is uh, this has been one of four. Sorry, one of four. One of four. This has been this has been interesting, guys. We've clearly made some enemies today. Any feedback is welcome. Um, hope you've enjoyed. Any suggestions on possible segments that we can roll out? How's Matt Morell not accepting my slap there? Take more importantly, more importantly, more importantly, how good would a hair versus hair bet be? Because you'd be the only one that loses, Nick Fab. Because Dilsaf and Matt have literally nothing to bring to the table for that hair versus hair bet. Don't know about that. George anyway, Kittle, Russell Wilson, say, take him off me. Say hi to your dad for me. And your mum too. She's hot.